Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What is going on, you guys? I'm your host, Stacey Cole Morgan, and you are listening to the Morgan Man Sports Podcast here on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Good Pod HQ, or wherever you find your preferred podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about my top five Call of Duty 2023 matches for opening weekend. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday, December 4th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium with my preview and predictions. And also, ladies and gentlemen, later in the show, Sports Scramble Podcast is joining me as we will preview the LSU versus UGA SEC Championship matchup for happening this Saturday. So without any further delay, let's go get straight into today's action. To start things off, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about my top five CDO 2023 opening weekend matches. Coming in at number one is the Las Vegas Legion taking on the LA Thieves. Guys, the more so for this matchup right here is to focus on the Legion more so than the Thieves. Why is that? Because the Legion has got a new roster this year. And that consists of Temp, Clayster, TJ Haley, and Prelude. Especially with Clayster now being back in the pro scene. Guys, this is astonishing right here. Because now Temp has finally got some veteran help. He's got TJ Haley coming in who can guarantee him some kills and some objective time. Prelude is, is a good player as well. Can get you the kills and also stay on that objective to win you the matches. The Legion is honestly going to be a legit team this year, but can the chemistry start off hot, especially against the reigning Kaj Hemps? The second matchup on the list, ladies and gentlemen, is the LA Gorillas taking on the Seattle Surge. Can the Gorillas find rhythm early? That's what's going to be the key to beating the Seattle Surge in the opening weekend, especially with your new roster since you let go of Slasher in place of Arsides. And of course, Slasher is now part of the Atlanta phase, where unlike Arsides used to be in that role where Slasher is at for the Atlanta phase. So for LAG, again, it's Arsides, Hugh, Neptune, and Spart. And for the Seattle Surge, it is Accuracy, Mag, Pred, and Sib. Of course, Pred is coming off a tremendous season, a rookie season, I should say. And Accuracy definitely is accurate as always. Mac, he is just the total Mack truck itself. He's going to get you some kills. 
He's going to guarantee you some objective kill and some objective time. And that's, that was what were the keys to a success for the Seattle surge back in Vanguard season was objective time because Seattle was not letting go of the objective for hard point control, whatever it was that was not letting go. And a lot of teams was forced to really do unnecessary, well, more necessary things that they really didn't want to do early on in the season to beat the Seattle Surge. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. My third matchup is the Toronto Ultra taking on the New York Subliners. I'm more so focusing on the Toronto Ultra because the, the Toronto Ultra, they're kind of that mid-tier team now. You know, they've lost a lot of players. They've lost a lot of momentum throughout the seasons. You know, back whenever it was the Black Ops Cold War season, they were the team alongside with the Atlanta Phase to beat. But now it's, they're just kind of that mid-tier team like the Florida Mutineers. They're going to get a few good wins. They're going to get some ugly losses. And you never know when those ugly losses and when those tremendous great wins are coming. That's just going to be where the New York Subliners is going to fall in place. I believe it's going to be a tremendous win for Toronto because the New York Subliners have lost Crimsix. And he was a veteran that really needed to have been stayed on that team rather than, you know, had been let go. And Priesta definitely would have had been benefit beneficial with Crimsix at the helm at, with that veteran experience. So I'm taking Toronto Ultra over the New York Subliners. The Boston Breach versus the Atlanta Phase. Now, for Boston, you got Beans, Methods, Nero, Awakening, and Vivid. Of course, Vivid is going to be the substitute, and Awakening is going to be that fourth player. I really like this move right here for Boston because Awakening definitely has a good spawn IQ. You know, he's going to be able to predict where you're going to spawn, and he's going to attack you one way or another based off your spawn. And that is really Again, that's a really great pickup right there for the Boston Breach. You got Methods, who's definitely a killer machine. And then for the Atlanta Face, you know, picking up Slasher. Can Slasher's veteran IQ really put the Atlanta Face over the top and be a totally dominant team? And I think I think it can happen. Really can. It might not happen, you know, week one right here. But give it a little bit later in the season, and I really think, you know, you're going to have a legitimate shot to win in a lot of majors and even COD champs. Now for my final matchup, ladies and gentlemen, is the LA Thieves taking on the Atlanta Phase. We're basically getting COD champs rematch right here on the Sunday weekend matchup. What is going to happen? Because now you got some bad blood between Draza and Simp. Is Simp going to go after Draza more? I mean, what's going to happen? The off-season storyline was crazy between them two. And just overall, you know, this is a new rivalry right here for the Atlanta phase. LA Thieves taking on the Atlanta phase is now a new rivalry. Like, so, uh, um, Michigan and Ohio State. I would even compare it to that, really. Michigan and Ohio State, where you got... Ohio State being the Atlanta Phase and the Los Angeles Thieves being Michigan. You know, it's it's that kind of back and forth battle where 
phases all the time winning. And then you got the LA thieves who's just now recently won what, like four in a row against the Atlanta phase, which that would be like the Michigan versus Ohio series right now where Michigan has won two over Ohio state, but the Atlanta, the Ohio state Buckeyes still owns the overall record over Michigan. So guys, that was my top five CDL 2023 opening weekend matches. And I want to know guys, what is your top five matches going into this weekend? You can tweet me at MMS Stacy Morgan on Twitter, or you can interact with me on every other social platform. All that will be down in the description below for you guys to check out. So guys, switching gears on over to the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday, December 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS or the live radio broadcast for 92.9 The Game, the Atlanta station. Now guys, this is interesting because the Atlanta Falcons are coming off a very disappointing loss, like, like always sometimes. The Atlanta Falcons are favored to win over the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium by a minus one and a half. Now, it wasn't that way when the the betting odds first opened. It was actually the Steelers favored to win at a minus one and a half. But now, something's telling Vegas to put money on the Atlanta Falcons. And people are betting on the Atlanta Falcons to go at a public bet of 55%. Now, again, I am recording this on Monday, November 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So all this information could change by then. So I'm just broadcasting what the information I am showing right now. Your money line sitting at a current minus 125 for the Atlanta Falcons, plus 105 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The over-under is still 42 with no... Official public bet set for either one of the money line or the over and under. Now, as always, I go over league rankings for total offense versus total defense for each team. So for this matchup right here, the Steelers offense versus the Falcons defense, both overall is the 28th. Steelers offense is 28th and the Falcons defense is 28th. So this should be a really good matchup right here to see who really is going to have the upper hand over who. So for the passing game, the Falcons are 27th, but that is thanks to A.J. Terrell coming back. Without A.J. Terrell, we are dead last whenever it comes to defending the pass. But with A.J. Terrell back, we're 27th, and that is definitely needed. For 23rd, for the Pittsburgh offense for passing, so they're going to have a kind of a, a semi-struggle day Against the Atlanta Falcons, they're not going to really air it out too much. I believe they're going to run, rely on the run game just like the Atlanta Falcons will. For against the rush, the Falcons are 21st, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are 23rd for running the ball. So this Falcons defense is going to hold up very well against the Pittsburgh Steelers running the ball. Now the Steelers defense versus the Falcons offense. So overall, 27th <laughs> overall in this category. Falcons offense is an overall 27th and the Steelers defense is 27th overall. For passing, the Falcons are second to last in the entire NFL, sitting at 31st and the Steelers defense is 30th against the pass. So Marcus Mariota might have a field day passing this ball. 
that's if, you know, the head coach will let him throw the ball, which in most cases is not going to happen because of that key game-losing interception for the Atlanta Falcons this past Sunday against the Washington Commanders. But no, however, the Falcons are going to have a little bit of a struggle running the ball this weekend as the Pittsburgh Steelers are six against stopping the run, but the Falcons are still a top four team whenever it comes to running the ball. So you're going to really have to rely on Cordell Patterson to really open up the gates and find some lanes. Because if you do not find the lanes really early, the Steelers defense is going to swallow you alive when it comes to that run game. So with Vegas taking the Atlanta Falcons at a minus one and a half, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say this is going to come down to a young way field goal. I don't think this is going to be an explosive game for either team. I, I just, I don't see it happening unless I'm just, I'm blind and I don't see something according to these stats. I think it's going to be a back and forth battle. You know, both defenses are going to look elite, especially the Falcons. And it's just going to come up to who makes the first mistake this weekend. Will it be the Steelers or will it be the Falcons to make that first interception, a penalty call that can cause the game to be in our favor or against us? You know, that's where it's going to come down to. Again, I just don't think this is going to be a lopsided affair for either team as both teams are struggling this season. Not like where the Falcons are at, we are still in contention with the playoffs, sitting at, you know, really behind the Buccaneers by a minus one game or minus half a game, if I'm not mistaken. So we can still win the NFC South this late in the season, which I know is crazy, but it could still happen. Also, at the same same time, ladies and gentlemen, it could not happen. So the Falcons are either going to make the playoffs with a losing record or we're going to at least have a winning record by at least one win this season and still miss the playoffs. So the NFL is crazy this year and the NFC South is really struggling and you can really tell that. But again, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons to win by a young way to field goal. They're going to cover the minus one and a half this weekend over the Steelers. So now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to switch the entire audio now over to the dual commentary between me and the Sports Scramble podcast as we talk LSU versus the Georgia Bulldogs for the SEC championship this Saturday in Atlanta, Georgia. Hope you all enjoy. All right, guys. So this is a continuation from my previous recording right here as I talked about the top five CDL 2023 matches. It's going to be an interesting weekend with the open weekend for the Call of Duty League coming back. And also, we're, we I did discuss the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. But now I'm joined by Wade and Tyler from the Sports Scramble podcast. Guys, how's it going? Doing good. Yeah, doing pretty well. We're excited for the big game on Saturday uh, between LSU and Georgia. I know you are too. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, this is a long time making right here for the dogs because looking at the uh, the stats right here, LSU has dominated the dogs 
from the five meetings that they've had in the SEC championship game with Georgia winning back in 2005, but LSU winning three of those back in 03, 11, and 2019. So Georgia's looking to at least trying to get that win-loss record a little bit higher now. Um, so going into this right here, LSU is number 14th in the country, and Georgia is number one. And Georgia is a minus 17 and a half point favorite. Guys, how do y'all feel about that right now? I feel it's like awfully it's, tempting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be somewhere in that range, maybe like a 13 to 20 point game. I know that's a pretty big range, but I feel like it could come down to, you know, a swing possession or something towards the end. But I, I do think Georgia's defense is good enough to hold that kind of margin, but you have to hope the offense shows up to cover it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've watched LSU throughout the year because, you know, they got Brian Kelly now as the head coach. And I have to say, you know, LSU is really doing a lot better than what I expected them to. But Brian Kelly bringing in that experience that he had from Notre Dame, I think that's what he needed to get this program right in the on the right track because at Notre Dame, you know, them being like a kind of like a non-conference team, they're out of the playoffs, even with just one win. But with him now in LSU, you can kind of get away with like maybe two wins and still possibly sneak into the college football playoffs. And my thing is, you know, again, he turned, he turned LSU around and I want to start off by asking, you know, how do y'all feel about Brian Kelly since, year one in SEC championship game. Yeah, I think it's been a slam dunk season. I mean, preseason expectations, we were picked fifth uh, to finish at fifth in the SEC West. And I was saying seven and five, eight and four. And, you know, going after back to the first game when we lost to Florida State, we're thinking, well, are we going to get the six wins at this rate? <laughs> so even with the loss uh, last weekend against uh, Texas A&M, I think getting that nine and three is a successful season. Able to win the big game, you know, that was his – this really stretch at Notre Dame, like he couldn't win the big game in the playoffs. They always got blown out. And then the BCS national championship game back in 2012, uh, you know, they got blown out by Alabama. So he was able to win some big games this week, top 10 matchup with Alabama and then Ole Miss. So I think it's been a successful season nonetheless for Brian Kelly. Hey, anytime you storm the field two times in one season <laughs> against your rivals is a good season. So yeah, um, if you would have told me that we would be playing for an SEC championship um, and that LSU would have beaten Alabama in year one, and heck, even if you told me that we lost to Texas A&M, I would say that's a good season. But, you know, given where we found ourselves uh, at LSU with a chance to, you know, maybe backdoor our way into the playoff, you know, last week was a little disappointing, but still a lot to play for, um, you know, with the SEC championship game. Uh, another big opportunity against Georgia. And then you got to think they'll be in a pretty good bowl game, um, either somewhere in Florida or maybe here even in the, in the sugar bowl. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I mean, and y'all being at number 14, it, I mean, it's not out of the realm to think that y'all could still make the college football playoffs, but it all has to start with winning the Saturday against Georgia and it's not going to be no no cakewalk for either team uh, because Georgia really, they scared me at the first half with uh, Georgia Tech. 
because mm-hmm. I mean, 10 to 10 to seven against your state rival and Tech's not really been that great of a team. Yeah. I was like, oh, but like I told my dad and all my other friends, I think Kirby is just holding out right now until these games really start mattering, like against LSU, semi, you know, semi games and, you know, the actual big game itself. So going over like the Vegas bet nods right now, again, it's a minus 17 and a half, but the public bet is sitting at a 62% for LSU. So there is a little bit of faith uh, out there for LSU to win this game. And your money line is 62% at a minus 900 for UGA. And people are taking the under at a 52 and a half at an 84% public bet. <laughs> uh, going into the league rankings, uh, you guys might have to help me out with this one right here. But the, for the matchup, LSU's offense versus Georgia defense. Overall, the, the dog's defense is fourth and LSU's offense is 34th. So against the pass game, LSU is 55th in the nation and the dogs defense is 22nd. How do y'all think Brian Kelly is going to attack that passing game for against the dogs? Yeah, the passing game has to be prevalent. I mean, we've seen in the pretty much almost the two losses that LSU has had this season, you know, the Arkansas game didn't have a good game at all. And then Texas A&M last week, he didn't throw a single pass to touchdown or two touchdowns came on the ground for John Emery. So, if you're going to beat this Georgia defense, you have to beat them through the air because their defensive line is the best in the country and their running running attack is definitely going to be strong. Even with Josh Williams coming back uh, from an injury, I mean, Jane Daniels, it's probably not going to be 100%. Uh, he was seen in a walking boot uh, this week. Uh, so we'll see, you know, if he's still able to run the ball effectively, use, use his dual threat capabilities because we have seen Georgia, you know, go up against these dual threat guys. You know, the last one they went up against was Hinton Hooker, and they had success against him. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, he's going to have to make plays with his feet and his arm. Um, I think what was impressive about Jaden Daniels in the big win against Alabama was he didn't have time to sit around in the pocket and, and and wait. You know, he had to get rid of the ball quick, and it led to some quick strikes down the field. Um, when he had some time last week against A&M, you know, he just found himself a little too complacent, in my opinion, held on to the ball. Uh, with Georgia, you got to go attack him because – you know, both teams kind of start slow. So if you can get on the board early, yep. that might get you a little bit of mo- momentum. But then eventually that talent's going to kick in and, and you'll have to hold on for the win. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And Jaden Daniels is 2,566 yards, passing with 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. So he's statistically a lot better than Setson Bennett, except for out of the fact, you know, he has one less touchdown and far few interceptions from Stetson Bennett, which is 3,116 touchdowns and six interceptions. So, Jane Daniels can honestly, I'm not going to say, like, obliterate the defense, but he'll be able to kind of pick out where Georgia is going to go in zone reads and, you know, cover twos 
whatever the case may be, and, uh, you know, attack the defense that way. So I feel like, you know, he's going to get us at the first half, and then, you know, Kirby's going to go in and I think adjust that defensive scheme just a little bit because Georgia, whenever I noticed them, if the opposing offense is catching on, that defensive line will shift, you know, left or right, and that means, okay, they know that the offense has gotten onto them. We're going to switch it up on the fly. So it's just going to be up to Jaden Daniels to really understand the shifts that come in and how he's going to attack it. Um, Against the run game, you know, LSU was 36 in the nation and dogs are first. How do y'all feel about the run game uh, going into this matchup? Yeah, I think, I think for Georgia, be... they're really starting to use that run game. I mean, we're used to the Bulldogs having – Todd Gurley, Sonny Michelle, all these downfield runners, and now they've got a guy, um, and I think that they'll run behind him um, as well as Kendall Milton as a receiver. As a run- he's a running back, but you know he catches the ball well at the backfield. And on LSU's side, I know Tyler and I are very happy to get Josh Williams back. Um, he has been our most consistent running back. He's missed the last two weeks. Uh, definitely missed his presence last weekend and. He's just a guy that fights for every yard, so LSU will need it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so now going to LSU's defense versus the Georgia offense. Now, this is a, a little bit of shocking right here. You know, I really didn't know about the stats, but Georgia's offense is eighth in the nation and LSU's defense is 36. So when it comes to Georgia's passing, we're 18th best and the defense is 34th. So it'd be kind of a, a semi even out matchup right there where you're gonna have some deflected balls, you know, incomplete passes on Stetson Bennett's side. Like how do y'all feel about the defense going up against Stetson Bennett in the pass game? I think it's definitely gonna be a challenge, uh, but hopefully I mean there's some positivity that you're gonna get Jared Bernard Converse, a star quarterback, but Going into the season, I mean, the cornerback position was a question mark. Pretty much all the entire starting cornerbacks are all transfers. You have one from Oklahoma State, one from Louisiana. So, uh, But the guy to, in the middle is, has been the dark horse uh, for LSU's offense, the freshman linebacker Harold Perkins. Ever since that he stepped on the field, the LSU defense has been good. But it wasn't good uh, last Saturday night as uh, they had trouble uh, stopping Devon A. Chain. He had a good game, over 200 yards rushing, and then Moose Muhammad, Texas A&M's a star receiver. So uh, the tight ends uh, for Georgia, you know, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington could be a problem once uh, Georgia gets to the red zone. But you also can't forget about Lab McConkey because I know that they are good in the receiving, but they've also been using some jet sweeps and send rounds as well to beat you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, athletes all over the field for Georgia. Which, which player are you looking forward to the most on that Georgia offense? I'm, I'm thinking the tight end matchup, Brock Bowers, but I want to hear your take on it. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, definitely Brock Bowers. I mean, he is—he's been god tier for this Georgia offense all season long, and he's bailed sets and been and out time after time. And you know, he's—he's he's gonna be a difference maker. And if you don't use him effectively at the beginning of the game, it's gonna be a long evening for Georgia to, to at least just score touchdowns. Because I have a feeling that this game field goals is not gonna cut it at all <laughs> um now going against the the run defenses for lsu is 59th in the nation and this really shocks me 
that Georgia's offense is only 23rd in the nation for running the ball. Do y'all feel like I with, think you're seeing a late season push? You know, they they yeah. finally committed to the run and they're getting up there. I mean, I would say look at it in the last five or six weeks, and you got a Georgia football team the first couple of weeks. I was like, why is Stetson Bennett throwing it 40 times a game? <laughs> yeah, because getting there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of shocking, you know, the, to think of that. But I feel like with LSU's defensive line, they could really. <sighs> they would have to have tremendous like lockdown players. And I feel like they do to stop our run game. But with 23rd overall, that is a little disappointing. And I know you can't always go off of stats. You know, it's every game is, is different. You know, we, we noticed that with, you know, Vanderbilt beating Kentucky and Florida two weeks in back to back. So, I mean, you never know what you're going to get. So stats sometimes lie and sometimes they tell the truth. So, with with all that saying right now, I know y'all going to take LSU and I'm going to take Georgia. So, in this case, what would be not, I guess, not like a final score prediction, but kind of like, if LSU wins, how how much of a touchdown lead do y'all think LSU would win by? I don't think it would be much if we were to win. I would say give, give us Lisa a touchdown if we were to win this, but... uh I don't know. I know that you were saying that we were both on LSU, but I'm leaning towards uh, on Georgia, especially what I just saw on last Saturday. Even if we would have beat uh, Texas A&M, I still uh, would have picked us to beat Georgia. I feel like Georgia, you know, like you mentioned, has been to the SEC championship several times and they've fallen up short. So all the, you know, the meters say like, oh, we're, they're already in the college football playoff. They can just, you know, book their trip and go. But this Georgia team is going to want to get that number one seed because the Peach Bowl is still in play. And, you know, being in Atlanta, that's going to be a home crowd advantage for them. So they're going to want to claim an SEC title, put that uh, added to their trophy case that they got. Yeah, I think it would have to be a, a close game, uh, maybe some last-second heroics, kind of like the Alabama game um for LSU to win but it's been that kind of season for the Tigers you know they've won ones that you wouldn't expect them to and they've lost games that they have no business losing so uh in the spirit of our our host Chet who uh, you connected with he's very big on the upset still so for the sake of Chet I'll I'll take the upset on this show I mean why not uh I think LSU could get it done okay yeah definitely um I'm all up for upsets especially um yeah for for georgia you'd still right make here. the playoff it's a win-win <laughs> yeah um but yeah for for georgia i mean yes that this is going to be kind of hard to say you know with kirby smart losing last year against alabama in the sec and then winning the national georgia is looking at the program now like you have to win both now there, we are the new Alabama, and we, we need to be treated like ads. And so Kirby's going to come into this right here, you know, just pissed off on the sidelines like he always is, jumping up and down. Um, but for Georgia right here, I'm not going to say like a, like a four-touchdown victory over LSU. I would say at least maybe a touchdown and a field goal, so uh, 10 points at the most. It's going to be a really tight battle. Again, this is going to be who who makes the first mistake in the second half. 
going into this game. First half, both teams are going to be adjusted to each other's schemes. But then second half is who's going to be the first person to start, you know, messing up, like, you know, missing complete passes, drops the ball, whatever the case may be. Uh, so, yeah, 10 points for me, Georgia wins, you know, goes to 13-0, and 0, and then advances to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in, in Atlanta. So, now looking at the overall tiers, you know, Georgia is number one, uh, Michigan's number two, TCU is three, and USC is number four. With all that going into play in LSU sitting at 14th, you're really going to have to rely on every other college team to lose their games in order to at least make it to a number four spot. How would y'all feel like with Tennessee or a Penn State, you know, like losing their games to help LSU advance? Yeah, I think need that, some help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, Tennessee... I think there's an argument that Tennessee should be the next team in. Um, I still think they had an impressive season. I think that we're kind of on the level of Penn State, um, Penn State, and maybe Kansas State, Utah, those kind of teams. So we'll we'll find out our fate. I think that any number of those teams could be in a near six bowl game, which would be a good, you know, a good consolation prize, a good way to end the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that would be fair. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of chaos to be had on championship game Sunday. I mean, I mean Saturday, you could have multiple upsets this weekend. I feel like in the in the Big 12, maybe the Pac-12. Uh, but Michigan and Georgia, I feel like they're punched their tickets. It's just a matter of who's one and who's number two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. And and for Georgia's scenario, I mean, I mean, yeah, if you do lose to LSU this weekend – you're still punching your ticket, but then you would have to go out to Glendale, Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. for for yeah. that semifinals game. And you really don't want that for being, you know, a George fan. You definitely want to be out in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl because then that not only that gives you home field advantage, but also that kind of gives your players really a kind of like a break and not having to travel you know, out on that West coast, because of course the time zones are very different and, you know, that just messes them up mentally and physically of sleep and everything that factors into football nowadays. Um, but with Georgia winning, I mean, yeah, I mean the top four is set pretty much. Everybody just has to win their championship games this weekend in order for the top four just to be an ultimate lock since, you know, last week. <laughs> Um, and I'm, and I'm looking at really Michigan and Georgia facing off, you know, against each other at SoFi stadium on January 9th. Uh, what would be y'all's predictions for the final? Do you really see TCU or USC making a splash against Georgia or any team in the finals? Um, between the two, I would have to say uh, USC. I feel like with Kale Williams, the way that he's been playing, that team has just been hot. The question I have for them is their defense. So I just don't know how their defense would match up against Georgia's offense if that were to happen in the first round. But I feel like Kale Williams and that offense could go shot for shot uh, with them. It could be a high-scoring shootout. But TCU has always been a resilient team. So many people are picking against them uh, to lose this uh, weekend, including myself. I have a 
I have Kansas State upsetting them uh, to to really put it between Ohio State and TCU uh, getting into that number four spot. But I feel like out of the two, it's got to be USC, you know, given either Georgia or Michigan a problem. But don't count out TCU. I mean, they could yeah. give it a fight uh, there. And if they make it as the three seed, I like TCU's chances against Michigan. But if they play Georgia, I don't like their chances. Um, I agree with Tyler that the only team that could really give Georgia a fit is a team with a really talented offense. And I think that USC does represent that. But um, I, I just think that if that game's in Atlanta, Georgia would take the cake for sure. And then going to Los Angeles is no easy task. But, uh, you know, we saw it last year. Georgia, uh, I guess the title was in Indianapolis. It didn't really have much of an effect. Uh, and, and they travel out there with plenty of time to – practice and get used to the turf and the time and and all yeah. that and as long as they're not playing southern cal for the championship it's a road game for both teams <laughs> oh yeah for sure definitely um and and i guess since while we're talking about college football you know you guys want to break down the uh breaking news that the playoff expansion now is to 12 teams so now this is this is very interesting uh, now, of course, it won't happen, you know, next year, but it will happen the following year for the 2024 season. What What is y'all's guys' takes on expanding the 12 teams? I mean, this can definitely open up the eyes now for really the SEC West because you get if you got like Ole Miss and LSU that's sitting like they are right now, they can still make the playoffs now regardless of not having to win against Alabama in the regular season. Like, what do y'all feel about that? Yeah, I think it just creates uh, more parity for the 12 teams. So I think they did it right with uh, the top seeds uh, being conference champions because conference champions have to matter at this rate. The playoff committee, you, we've seen it, you know, with the Alabama and Tennessee with the head-to-head, like that wouldn't even matter anymore. You know, Tennessee would, would still be in the college football playoff this year. But the one thing that I really love is campus games being the first round. Just imagine the environments mm-hmm. that we're going to be getting, you know, like – you know, Penn State, if they get in, like, what if they do a whiteout and it's snowing and you have, like, a southern team that hasn't seen snow, like, you have Florida going up there and, like, what the heck is this? And so I think that it's, it's good for college football. I think it's definitely going to create more – and with Texas and Oklahoma getting into the SEC uh, in that same year, I think that it could be an SEC invitational the way that these teams have been playing. Yeah, I like the new setup a lot. I I like the idea of giving – conference champions a bye um I might have said the top four teams a bye and just left it at that just in case there was like an argument for a a runner-up but I think overall it's pretty pretty uh fail-proof I mean at worst the team's not going to get snubbed and miss the playoff you know they're gonna if they're not a conference champion they might still make it as like a five or a six seed and and then the price to pay for not winning the championship is well you have to win an extra game but you get to host it so I think they did a pretty good job. I liked how they didn't specify which conferences. I like how they just said the top four ranked conference champions because we don't really know what the future of college football looks like with all the realignments and whatnot. And there might be a situation where the Sun Belt rises above the ACC or something crazy. And, you know, I, I like leaving it open like that. So I'm excited. I wish it happened next year. Uh I know as a Georgia fan, you're you're cool with how it is now because you can <laughs> win it. <laughs> but us sitting there at 14, like you said, we'd be talking about a whole different 
setup, you know, LSU would be fighting for a for a playoff spot. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely this I think this is a lot more fair because going back to like TCU being that kind of like underdog for so many years, getting just snubbed out of the, the top four. You know, yes, they have their shot now. They're in the top four if they still win this weekend against KSU. But now with that expansion coming in, you know, you can have UNC, Clemson, uh, Purdue, Michigan, all them coming in and and possibly making like a a, a Cinderella story. Cinderella story, I should say. And, you know, they could come in from the four, uh, 12th seed and let's just say come in and face Georgia at number one seed and win. That would be the most entertaining stuff ever, like bigger than the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it definitely yeah, would bring a whole other. Yeah, it would. It would get more people involved. That's what I was going to say. You know, get the whole nation involved. You know, for the last couple of years, the Pac-12 hasn't had a, a shot at it, and the Big 12 hadn't made it. And, you know, if Clemson's not in it, the ACC's not very involved. So it would be it'd be good to see everybody caring about college football going into the holidays and, um, you know, potentially having some crazy geog- geographic matchups like Tyler mentioned. Uh, weather becomes a factor. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I like it. I like what the FCS does with their playoffs. I like the NFL playoffs, so I'm sure I'll like watching college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, guys, so definitely that was uh, very entertaining right there to talk nothing but college football right there. It's something that I use, I'm occasionally talking about here on the podcast, but it's definitely nice to have some help like you guys right here joining on the show talking college football. It's definitely interesting, but uh, guys, uh, we're getting close to running out of time right here, but do you want to tell my audience where they could find y'all and what do y'all talk about on y'all's specific podcast? <laughs> yeah, so you can find time. us on Twitter at Sports Scramble 4. We pretty much talk about what's going on. I mean, we've been heavy on, on college football, but in the offseason, we'll hit all the all the other sports. So we're pretty much just all sports up podcasts. We run on Sunday nights, uh, usually at 8 o'clock uh, Central, but sometimes if we go earlier at 7, 7.30. Mm-hmm. all right well yeah definitely guys um all of that information the twitter handle will be down in the description below for you guys to check that out uh sports scramble guys wade and tyler thank y'all so much for being a part of the show today uh we are a belly up sports product definitely proud to be a part of the sports network um you know i'm new i don't know about you guys y'all been here probably for yeah. a good while have y'all yeah actually uh, we're new. we just joined yep okay we'll see yeah we got new faces joining. <laughs> yeah we're we we got new faces joining each and every single day guys so if you would like to check out the belly up sports podcast network they will also too be down in the description below for you guys to check that out but guys hope y'all enjoyed if y'all did make sure to like button wherever you're listening from download the podcast it helps out not only me but sports scramble podcast as well you know we're, we're growing each and every single day and just trying to help each other out uh, grow in whatever way we can. But guys, uh, right. until then, uh, I, Cal Morgan, and Wade and Tyler will catch you all later. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.